some think we're funny Most people don't know We're too old for this podcast Hello everyone, this is my very good buddy, Abby Barrett And this is my very good buddy Every time You have a real hard time with this, you, don't you? You're not a buggy, you're a buddy This is I my good buddy. buddy, Brendan Boogie Well, that's my own fault for having such an alliterative name Exactly, see? And welcome to We're Too Old for This Podcast. Here is the concept. Two best buddies, that's Abby and myself, watch buddy movies. And then we compare how our friendship holds up to the movie friendship. This week we are covering 1980's 9 to 5, starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. So all the listeners out there can sit right back and pour yourself a cup of ambition and... Get ready for it. Do you like it when I do this? Do you like it when I try to do the, the um, professional thematic sure. opening? <laughs> yeah, no, I, this whole thing is great. <laughs> Everything that's happening right now is terrific. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So 9 to 5, a, 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 a feminist cl- classic, one would say. Yes. Fabulous movie. Dabney Coleman. Fabulous right, as, as the villain. Yeah, great villain mm-hmm. uh, by Dabney Coleman and... This is actually Dolly Parton's first movie. Um, so why don't you, uh, before, before we jump in, um, people who don't know us, maybe we could kind of tell a little bit about each other. Sure. Um, well, I can tell you about you, in case you please didn't do. know. Please tell me about me. Your name is Brendan. It is. Your last name is Boogie. It is. You are a filmmaker. Who I am. Has made, how many films have you made now? Including the um, ones that haven't been released. Oh, jeez. 31258 but uh two two real feature films i okay. would say two okay. two two feature films that are worth mentioning and like three porns okay three porns yeah, yeah. um champion olympic swimmer mm-hmm. which is a right. little little known fact yeah, uh, speaking of dolly parton the breaststroke <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be boob jokes all night folks <laughs> woo and um yeah born and raised kind of near boston I was born in Maine, actually. Oh, I did not know that about you. Yeah, I was born in Maine, but I grew up in I grew up in Boston. Where in Maine? I was born in Bar Harbor, Maine. Is that why you like lobster so much? I think so. Every summer we used to go up, uh, and my mother was from Bangor, and we used to spend some time up in Maine, and I would eat a lobster every summer. I think that's probably where I developed the taste for it, and Mm -hmm. it's still my favorite food. Nice. Little known, we're learning about each other. We are. It's like I've never met you before. (laughs) Who am I? (laughs) Uh, so this is Abby Barrett. She is a singer, mm-hmm. a songwriter, mm-hmm. um, a holiday ruiner, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> You're good at ruining almost every holiday, particularly Christmas. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to... And Ash Wednesday. Google, yeah, Ash Wednesday. You ruin uh, the shit out of Ash yep. Wednesday. And uh, Easter Bunny Apologist. I think uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the number one voice that really is constantly... Uh, <laughs> Hedging your bets about uh, the the atrocities at the Easter Bunny. Yeah, I forget what were his atrocities again. Well, I mean, there was the genocide. Oh, sure, sure, yes. I for, I keep forgetting right. about that. I forget about that Easter Bunny yeah. genocide, right? <laughs> so that's us. That's, <laughs> that's the podcast. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. So, bef- so since we're not that interesting, why don't we jump into uh, nine to five? Why don't we jump right into the movie? And if people haven't seen it. Abby is going to do one of her famous recaps <laughs> of the plot of hold, 9 to 5. Hold on to your butts. Um, 
All right. Well, why don't we begin with a theme song since that's kind of what the best thing that came out of the movie. You have a movie called Nine to Five starring Dolly Parton, and then she was tasked with writing the theme song called Nine to Five, yeah. and she wrote it in like 10 minutes or something crazy. She she was, uh, yeah, she agreed to do the movie if she was also allowed to do a theme song. Um, so let's um, let's listen to a little bit of it. bed and I stumble to the kitchen pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five working nine to five what a way to make a living I'd say one of the best movie theme songs of all time. What, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. That's one and of those, that- one of those songs where like you could be, you know, about to jump off a cliff. You're so sad. And then that song comes on. You're like, ah, I can't be that sad. It's such, within you know? seconds. It's such a great song. And like, I think at that time, um, you know, we're talking 1980, early 80s. There was a lot of movies where the theme song ended up being more famous than the movie or sometimes even better than the movie. Like we, we had, um, uh, staying alive, staying right? alive. Yes. Yeah. You know, was, was the theme song for that. That was late, what late seventies. And then, mm-hmm. uh, what's that? Uh, Arthur's theme. One of my favorites, Christopher Cross, you know that song? I don't think I do. I love Christopher. Oh, Cross, I think though. you do. All right. Here, here we go. Oh, nice. We're going to get yeah. a live performance. We're going to try. When you get caught between the moon and the <gasps> Oh, yes. I know it's crazy, but it's true. If you get caught between the moon and New York City, the best that you can do, best that you can do, is fall in love. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Christopher Cross. Nice. He is a uh, underrated songwriter. I agree. And it's fun. You know, Christopher Cross, you know, they interviewed him because he, you know, he came out right before MTV came out and he's not a particularly photogenic guy or anything. Like he's just a regular looking guy. And the, the, he never, you know, they said, yeah, I didn't care. He said, I didn't care what I look like. I was a singer on the radio. What did that matter? <laughs> like what I look like. God. And they say apparently there was a MTV was sort of a difficult time for people like Christopher Cross. You know, that that gave way in the 90s to rap songs that explained the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or the TV show. Right. Like uh, French Bridge Fresh of Bel-Air, yeah. of course. But uh, Adam's Family Groove by MC Hammer, which was just, they do what they want to do, say what they want to say. But, you know, the Adam's Family. But I feel like I, I could use that for someone who watches a movie and then cannot remember it right afterward. I think I think you. there would be more theme songs like you know movies like any really like like a um, Usual Suspects if they could have some sort of theme song that explains it before and after right, because be it still doesn't make sense to me. So you think the Usual Suspects would have been helped by a rap song explaining that it, it that's Kevin Spacey the whole time? Yeah, and maybe with like a backing track of Christopher Cross singing "Sailing." Sailing mm-hmm. that would go well with that, yeah. Someone give someone give this woman a job as a movie producer because these are <laughs> these not... ideas are gold. 
after the theme, you know, so we get the theme song right off the bat, then we're introduced to the characters. Yep, and we have a divorced housewife, Judy, played by Jane Fonda, um, and she is just recently divorced, and she's basically entering the workforce after, I guess, the first time, really. Um, or maybe it's been a while, but um, she comes into the office, and Violet, who's played by Lily Tomlin, has to kind of train her um, on the job, and it's a very fast-paced job, and um, Lily Tomlin is clearly, she's completely on all her tasks. Like, she's just like no nonsense. She's in charge. Yeah. She's, she's in charge. She's, she's, yeah, she's a real productive person. This, yeah. is, this is Judy's first day. Judy. Okay, now we're on the 12th floor. Above us is the executive suite where the president, Mr. Hinkle, is and the chairman of the board. Come on, 12. Oh, it sounds so big. It is. I've been here 12 years. I've never even seen the chairman of the board. 12 years? All I've done is be a housewife. Oh, I wanted to ask you about my salary. I don't think I can. That's live a very on... touchy subject around here. You'll have to take that up with our boss, Mr. Hart. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all so new. Right, don't worry, you're gonna get the hang of it. Then you'll really be sorry. <laughs> there was a lot of during the, the early 80s, there were a lot of movies with someone sort of like women in particular being a housewife kind of coming into the workforce for the first time. That was a pretty common trope. Yeah, I mean, I th- think it probably matches what was happening historically. You know, his- yes, you know yes, history? <laughs> yeah, you heard does. of it? I have heard of it. <laughs> uh, another one of that that kind of flips its on its ear, another one of my favorites is uh, Mr. Mom with Michael yes. Keaton. Great where movie. He, uh, it's the opposite. He has, you know, Terry, yeah, Terry Gar. Well, no, it's the same. Terry Gar goes into work for the first time and he has to stay home with the kids. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic from that era. Well, maybe we can talk about that in another podcast. But right now we're no. concentrating on nine to five. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to take us it. off. I'm sorry to take us off on a uh, on a tangent there about other movies. We're, we're all business, right? Um, so then, so so let's get back into nine to five. So so they mentioned Mr. Hart, who's played by Dabney Coleman. Yeah. What's, what's he like, Abby? He is like a kind of a real jerk. Um, he's like the sort of typical mediocre white guy um, who is barely running the company, but getting all the credit. He's sexist. He's selfish. Um, and Violet is basically doing his job for him and coming up with all these great ideas. And then she, every time she's up for promotion, she gets denied, basically because he kind of needs her to do his job for her, for him. Look, my hands are tied here. The company needs a man in this position. Clients would rather deal with men when it comes to figures. Oh, now we're getting at it. I lose a promotion because of some idiot prejudice. The boys in the club are threatened, and you're so intimidated by any woman that won't sit at the back of the bus. Spare me the women's lib crap, okay? Now, I know how you feel, and I understand it. You understand zilch. I understand I'm still a boss here. And even though you might be pretty valuable out there, you better get a hold of yourself. I'm not going to sit here and take this. God damn it. Dorley, get in here! uh, When I was watching this movie, you know, I sort of... uh... Leave, making notes for myself and and one of the notes I wrote down was we don't deserve Lily Tomlin <laughs> like we as a, as a culture mm-hmm. have not done anything to deserve the greatness of Lily Tomlin she is she's a comedy hero in yeah. my opinion it's so great too that she's with Jane Fonda doing that show Grace and Frankie they're still mm-hmm. yeah they're still doing things together which is pretty cool I was Another first um, is- introduced to Jane Fonda through my mother's um, VHS workout tapes and Jane Fonda workout tapes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do the Jane Fonda workout tapes? Did I ever do one? 
Yeah. Did you ever work out with that? <laughs> I've never worked out. Um, <laughs> no, but my mom would do it. My mom would do the like full on. She had her own leotard and she would do it in like the uh, the little porch area that we have. And she she did it so much. She watched it so much that she didn't need the sound on the TV. She would play her own music because she already knew all of Jane Fonda's moves. And I have to say, my mom looks great. I would so. say I would say you're you're more of a Richard Simmons uh, fan oh, yourself. Yeah. I would think sweating to the oldies. <laughs> the other thing is Dab- Dabney Coleman, great set late seventies early eighties mustache. Yes, like yeah. you know how I feel about mustaches from that era. In fact, I made a I made a decoupage table <laughs> of seventies. And eighties mustache. I'll, I'll put a photo of it up on, on the social media. But the uh, I I love th- that mustache look for me. It's like I know the hipster mustaches have come back and everything, but it's a non ironic mustache has never come back. It's always except that was the glory day of the mustache. That, yeah, it was a small amount of time for it to be so popular, but people yeah, rocked it. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised it. you're not wearing one right now. I, I am, but uh, not on my face. Oh, oh sure. Yep. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> His penis. What? Uh, nothing. What? So we've got uh, Mr. Hart, and then we meet the third uh the third member of our buddy triumvirate, uh, Dora Lee, right? So yep. tell me about Dora Lee. Um, so Dora Lee is uh, Mr. Hart's um, executive assistant, and um, she's basically... They used to call it a secretary back then. Yeah, but I'm I'm uh, upgrading it. You're updating things. Yes. Um, and she's basically just constantly being sexually harassed by this Pretty man. openly sexually yeah. harassed. So you've been telling everybody I'm sleeping with you, huh? No. Well, that explains it. That's why these people treat me like some dime store no, floozy. No, they think not. I'm screwing the boss. That's not it at all. Oh, and you just love it, don't you? It gives you some sort of cheap thrill, like knocking over pencils and picking sure, up papers. Now, let's don't get excited. Get your scummy hands off of me. Look, I've been straight with you from the first day I got here, and I put up with all your pinching and staring and chasing me around the desk because I need this job, but this is the last straw. All right, now, wait. Let's, let, let's just sit down. And... Look, I got a gun out there in my purse, huh. and up to now I've been forgiving and forgetting because of the way I was brought up, but I'll tell you one thing. If you ever say another word about me or make another indecent proposal, I'm going to get that gun of mine. And I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. <laughs> Don't think I can't do it. Have you ever uh, turned someone from a rooster <laughs> to a hen in, in one shot, Abby? Not that I know of. Yeah, that's something you would probably remember. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. This was Dolly Parton. Like we said, this was Dolly Parton's first movie. And what a debut. What a, yeah. what a perfect role for her and what a great performance. And she was one of my... Uh, Early childhood crushes, Dolly Parton. I could see why. She's yeah. she's gorgeous. Yeah. And I remember it, she used to have this uh, variety show. Like, I think I was probably in late elementary school, maybe early middle school. And uh, I one time made the mistake of telling another kid that I was watching Dolly, and then I got made fun of. Why? Because it wasn't cool to be into Dolly Parton. Oh. But, um, you know. I was into it. Well, my celebrity crush was Dabney Coleman, so. Oh, well, there you go. This is <laughs> this is the perfect, perfect movie for it's us. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've got these three women, and then things kind of kind of take off. Yeah, they both are, or the, all three of them are kind of pissed off at him, and they end up kind of getting a drink together um, at the bar next door, 
Um, and then they end up smoking a joint together, um, which I love that it's Lily Tomlin's son in the movie. is like, Mom, you're stressed out. Take this joint. And uh, they sort of start scheming about how they would um, kind of get rid of him. And they each have their own little fantasy montage. But then Violet, by accident, actually does put rat poison in his coffee. And hijinks ensue, like most of these movies that we've seen. Lots of hijinks. Um, and so they have to, um, go to the hospital because he ends up drinking and see, this is where, this is where it falls apart, Brendan. This is where, you know. Well, he, he didn't actually drink it. Like he fell right, right. And, and knocked his head over, yeah. but, but, but he, everyone, she thinks he drank it. So this is where the comedy of errors happens. And I know from past movies that comedies of errors <laughs> stress you out. They're very, I was, not only was I stressed out by the comedy of errors, but also still like legitimately angry at how Dabney Coleman was treating them. Even though it's a movie and even though like we've come a long way, I'm still mad about it. Mm -hmm. Still mad. So you were, you were filled with rage and, and anxiety during this comedy movie. Yes. (laughs) People should, people should definitely see this movie. Yeah. So they think, so Lily Tomlin thinks she, you know, through through a few mix-ups at the hospital, she thinks she killed him. She yeah. thinks she accidentally killed him, and that they, um, the three of them, are are in trouble. So she she takes the body. Yes. Takes the body and throws it in the trunk, and then the three of them are dri- try to drive away to kind of get away with this murder because she's afraid of what will happen. This murder that she hasn't he- actually committed. Valentine, would you come over here for a second? What is the matter with you two? We've got to get the... Who is that? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What happened to Hart's body? It's not here. What do you think? It just got up and walked away? But I... Violet, how could you? How could you? I guess I must have made a mistake. Oh, you steal the wrong body from the hospital and all you can say is I must have made a mistake? It could happen to anyone. Oh, this is awful. So improper. It's so disrespectful. He's dead. He doesn't mind. Look, there is nothing to get excited about. We'll just take it back. What? No harm's done. Come on, let's turn around. We'll take it back. That's just great. We just waltz in there and say we're sorry. We made a mistake. Well, maybe they'll give us Hart's body in exchange. There is no need to get sarcastic. You took it. You take it back. No, no, now stop it. We're all in this together. The hijinks. It's such hijinks. It's intense hijinks. So at that point, that that you know that they're sort of trying to figure out what to do. And have you ever um, have you ever had a had a body in a trunk before, Abby? Again, not that I know of. Um, no, I don't think I've ever murdered anybody. I figured this movie would be more relatable to you than it would to me because you know you're a woman, mm-hmm. and I assume this is these are fairly common experience. You know, I don't know a lot about women, <laughs> but I assume these are fairly common experiences for most women. I feel like you could relate really well to Dabney Coleman's character, but you, you think, know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I am quite quite the sexual harasser in my day. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I it's it's uh, not something that I've ever experienced the murdering of. Definitely been sexually harassed, but certainly not murdered for. You know. Are there any? Uh, I know it's not a funny subject, but are there, are there any particularly inept attempts at sexual harassment that uh, would would you know that come to mind? Things that would kind of lighthearted. <laughs> I know it's not a very lighthearted <laughs> subject. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard. I've had I've had many good bosses. 
I've had plenty of women bosses. I would say mostly bartending is where you get. You yeah, know, you bartended for years. Yeah, and you probably for, get harassed a lot. Yeah, the patrons are sometimes not so great. Right. How about yeah. you? Have you either sexually harassed or been sexually <laughs> harassed? <laughs> I I, <laughs> I don't think I have been sexually harassed. Um, and I if I, I'm sure I have sexually harassed people. Do you want like me to sexually harass days. you? I, I uh, could you just it would make me feel mm. better if you just sexually harass yeah. me sometime. Not now. Okay. Like when right. I'm I'll not expecting it. it. <laughs> Sneak up behind me and sexual harass me sometime. So then what happens? They yeah. they return the body. Um so they return the body, um, and um basically they're talking Everything the ladies. seems to be fine. Well he seems to be fine, and so they're they're sort of debriefing in the ladies' room. Um, kind of like, What happened? Oh my god, I'm so glad he's not dead. And then uh one of uh Mr. Hart's uh, employees she's just kind of like one of those women who's rather she just wants to get ahead and she's not helpful to other women Roz Rossi she has a name I didn't even know that mm-hmm. um, she's listening in and she basically spills the beans so now they have to figure out what to do with Mr. Hart because he Mr. Fu- Hart's gonna call the police yeah. because he say he knows what happened he knows that they stole a body and he knows that they tried to kill him even though it was an accident yeah and so they're in real trouble so they got to figure out a plan and they sure do. <laughs> well, what's the plan? Oh, oh, I got to explain that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they basically kidnap him. They're trying to convince him not to tell the police. So then they basically have to kidnap him and figure out what to do. And in the meantime, they sort of dig around and realize that he's been um, doing some illegal activities. Um, I guess it's like embezzlement. Kind yeah, of he, stealing he, from he the back end. Of, he, yeah, he sets up this shell uh, warehouse and... and Takes says there's a whole bunch of inventory there, but then they go look and there's nothing there. Yep. So it turns out that Hart is kind of a crook. Yep. And but they have to wait to get the proof, and in the meantime, they they keep him locked up on in this kind of S and M chain with a slash <laughs> garage door opener slash garage door opener in his room yeah. where they kind of come and feed him and mm. babysit him, and uh, he's he's basically tied up for several weeks. Yep. But in the meantime, they are kind of acting as him at work, and they make all these amazing improvements um, that are more women-friendly and more family-friendly. And, you know, the company starts actually doing much better than it was doing. With their ideas yes. that, be, well, this, this guy's out of the way. Yeah. And then in the end, they meet the cha- they finally meet the chairman of the board. Who looks like Colonel Sanders for some reason. He sure does. And himself, Mr. Tinsworthy, Franklin Hart. Frank Hart. My boy, I would like to shake your hand. And here is a um, a small token of my esteem. Thank you, sir. I might, I might say it's an honor meeting yes, you. Well, that's all right. You know, I don't get up here very often, but I keep tabs on the situation through Perkins, right? And when I find a division that shows a 20% rise in productivity over a period of six weeks' time, I want to meet the man who's responsible. So as it turns out, all of their, you know... Right when he's about to call the police on them, the chairman of the board comes in and congratulates him for all of their hard work. Mm-hmm. And as his reward, they want him to uh, run the company in Brazil. So he gets shipped off to Brazil yep. against his will. And Lily Tomlin, I mean, Violet, gets put in charge and they win. The ladies win. Yay. And then Yay. I'm no longer anxious. <laughs> Did that finally... Uh, I finally breathe a ab- sigh of relief. I finally breathed a sigh of relief of your anxiety. I wiped my tears. <laughs> said, I can go on with my life now. Right. 
So throughout the course of this, the, these little misadventures, we have a friendship. We, we usually do a two-person friendship, but this is our sort of first three-person friendship between uh, Judy, Violet, and Dora Lee. There's some bonding. And I think, you know, in the next segment, we will look at the friendship between Judy, Violet, and Dora Lee and how it holds up to the Brendan and Abby friendship. When is that going to happen? When does that part of the show happen, Abby? Um, I don't know. Wait, next? Really? It, it, it happens next. Oh, okay. Buddies and stuff. This is where we would hear from our sponsor. But here's the thing. We don't have any sponsors yet. We're a new show. How can you help us get sponsors? How can they help us get sponsors? Well, they could like our podcast... They could You're start really liking this part. it. Well, they could like it. They could tell their friends about it. They could like click like on our social media, which includes. Yeah, we're off message here. <laughs> <laughs> they could, like click on the the thing, and then they they up the thing with the thumbs and the. I think what it, what's it? I think what Abby means is you should like and subscribe, rate and review. Oh, yeah. Sure. If you we give us some too. ratings, some reviews, some liking and subscribing, then maybe we can get some numbers and we can maybe we can get some sponsors and then maybe Abby can get a fucking brain transplant <laughs> because she's an idiot and I tell her to do something and <laughs> literally five seconds later, she forgets what it is. You could also just like our podcast and tell people about it. I guess you could do that. I mean, that's a nice thing to do. I feel like I reacted too strongly earlier. <laughs> Why? Why is it always about sponsorship? Like, like, let's just have the people like it. Okay, that's enough, man. That's enough. That's enough, man. That's enough. One love, man. One love. One love. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. Buddy. And we are back with "We're Too Old for This" podcast, and I am Abby Barrett, and this is Brendan Boogie. Hi there, Abby Barrett. Hi, Brendan. Um, so we're going to get into the friendship between the characters in Nine to Five, but perhaps maybe it would help. You know, we're going to compare it to our own friendship. So maybe it would help if people knew how we met. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty similar in many ways to how the three of those women met. Um, That's true. Yeah, it was quite similar. We used to work in an office together mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Right. And um, it was a, a manufacturer for plaid shirts because it was the 90s. So grunge was the right. whole, was the rage. Yeah. Plaid uh, shirts were very in demand back yeah. then. It was, good, it, it was good, good market. Good yeah. market. Very, very saleable items. And yeah, and I was in the ladies' room one day. I was telling a coworker of mine how I had just savagely beaten my boss to death. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I was kind of, you know, kind of freaking out about it because I didn't know what to do with the body. And, you know, what you was... were freaking out about it because it was so much fun. And you're like, oh my God, I, I want like, to do it again. To again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just was talking to her about like what I should do, blah, blah, blah. And then she ended up leaving the bathroom. And, and then you, I guess, the whole time had been in the stalls because that's what you used to do. I used to go into the women's bathroom stalls. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, there was nothing nefarious going on. I was just smoking crack. Yeah. Yeah, so and using nothing. up all our toilet paper. Right. Well, that I, that's I use a lot of toilet paper when I smoke crack. You don't need to know how. Yeah, but don't you need to like make a fire? Don't worry about how okay. I smoke okay. crack. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So you came out and we started talking, and and you you sort of felt bad for my predicament, and and um, I don't know. You were really great. Like you were you were really supportive, and you, you I didn't offered panic to help. because no, you know I I I, I know the ways of the. Of the crack-induced murder, so yeah. it's uh, 
you share some of your crack and we made a plan it was a good hand and yeah uh, you know and and planning while while smoking crack is is you know you know what mark twain said Mm -hmm. planning while smoking crack is the best kind of planning yes that's he did say that i i do remember that i have that embroidered on a pillow Mm -hmm. um yeah and that's the story of our friendship Really, Based. and it's so similar. So when you look at the at the friendship between or among, because the correct uh, preposition is bet- is among three people, not between three people. And I was an English major, and uh-huh, you don't tell yeah. me you don't respect my fucking grammar, Abby. I know your grammar nerd as bad as me, but the friendship among um, Judy Violet and Dora Lee. What what is your impression of that friendship? Um, I think that they are sort of comrades. They. They're working in an environment. A, they're all three women, so they already know that shit's fucked up because they have to live in a man's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all are working for this one douchebag guy. And they just sort of immediately bond over over their plight. Yeah, the bonding that happens at work. I mean, I think that's what I was thinking of is, is that like there, there's a bonding that's particularly in a bad job where you tend to bond with the people with you sort of a you know and you're kind of like going to battle with them or it's like Mm -hmm. an intense situation and you tend to bond with people um what's your worst job ever been oh my my worst worst job was um i lived in oregon for like two months and just needed that is a bad job I, i know already it sucked um it's beautiful up there it is but not this time. This time it was awful. <laughs> this time it was ugly. <laughs> um, so I, me and my friend uh, signed up to um, do some telemarketing, and we were selling car windshields over the phone. Wow. And uh, the best part was on the way there, we stopped at a traffic light, and some kid, I mean, he was like our age. We were probably 20 at the time, did one of those like universal like fucking fingers the tongue thing means like cunnilingus yeah and he did that to us as we were driving to this job and then turns out he also worked at that job (laughs) (laughs) so that was awkward and then even better he was definitely not ashamed of his behavior um we would all sit at these rows with our phones and he would just call my phone directly even though he was in the same room and say stuff to me what would he say just like Oh, how are you? Like he was just trying to hit on me. Right. And then I'd so be like, dude, I can see you. You're literally in the same room. So this guy did the 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 V the tongue V cunnilingus the sign. International sign two, for cunnilingus, yeah. To two random women. Mm-hmm. Go shows up at work, turns out he's there, they're there. Yep. And he has to work with them. He not only does that not embarrass him, he thinks I still have a shot. Yes. And he did. We've been married for five years. (laughs) What a love story. It's really, yeah. So that's kind of a form of sexual harassment at work. I don't think that it's kind of a form. I would say it it absolutely is. Okay. Well, don't get all, you know. Why are you you taking his side? Why are you turning on me like this? (laughs) I swear, you mentioned the last segment, asked me if I had been... uh, sexually harassed. I thought during the break I, I have been sexually harassed at work it was something similar because I always thought it was like a boss but like there was this I was working at this temp job 
at this factory that was it was kind of like a, a manufacturer thing like rubber it was temp jobs terrible yeah but it was just me and this other dude there all day and he kept asking me like probing questions about my sex life like mm. in a weird way that someone like you don't you know i was young i don't think i even had a sex life at that point or just certainly nothing to <laughs> certainly no good stories well and plus you've just started working there that's not an appropriate right. work question not pro- we're not buddies but then he would keep talking about how he likes to bear back and how could i not bear back because it feels so good and then he would kind of like moan and do hip thrusts and like it was just weird i'm like Mm. wait i'm like what do you i'm like do you not know how to talk to another man at all in any way in any sort of normal way right yeah so i actually quit quit that job and told the temp agency why oh well that's good that you said something oh yeah no fuck that yeah I mean, it's it's so much easier at a temp job, too, because... Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm not going back there. That guy was, like, moaning and humping the ground and asking me about my sex life. I also did not go back to my job. Mainly, not even so much because of the sexual harassment, but because I was just not good at selling car windshields over the phone. I was going to ask you. I did not want to get yelled at anymore. It was how horrible. How would you sell me a, a car wind a car windshield? Like, how what would your approach be? So if you I would answer customer? the phone, and then Hello, I would say, "This is a this is a customer with lots of money and a <laughs> shitty windshield." And I would say, "Hi, this is Abby from blah 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 company. Do you have a cracked or chipped windshield?" And I would say, "What kind of a company name is blah blah blah?" No, you would say, "Stop fucking calling me! I fucking hate you people." And that's what. Wow. Yeah, that's Even what. Even in Oregon, did. they were they were that rude. Yeah, well, you know, there's, laid back there's, there's there. parts of Oregon that are a little, yeah, a little sketch. Know. Well, what you know, w- when you look at nine to five, when you look at the relationship, there's a bonding over these tough jobs. So, like, what do you, have you had an experience like that where you bonded with coworkers over a particularly crappy job or a bad boss? Oh yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of restaurant jobs I've had where. The, the manager is just completely clueless and doesn't know what they're doing and is also a dick. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, it's a great bonding. Double experience. threat. Yeah, double threat, you know. <laughs> and you almost have to like work around the manager to make the restaurant actually run well. Right, like Violet and and Orly yes, and exactly. Judy did, and they, they, they work around him. Yeah. They, they, their their work around was kidnapping him and holding yeah. him in an S&M yeah, that was, for that was probably a better idea. Six weeks. Yeah, you should have. Mm-hmm. Too bad you didn't see the movie back then. Wait, what was your worst job? Well, my worst job was <laughs> I was a uh, I was in a Tricks Bunny outfit for uh, to, to in, a, in a supermarket for like there was a Tricks Bunny promotion. So I had to sit there and with the big head and the you know and hold the tricks and wave at kids and stuff. And the reason why it was a worst job, it was really hot in there. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why it was a bad job was this kid kept coming up and pulling my tail and like yeah. running away and it was like yanking at me and eventually and he kept like sort of thinking it was funny and eventually I leaned down and I said I swear to god I said this to a child that was maybe 10 years old this was after being in a hot custom all day I said I I said you don't know what I look like I know what you look like I'm going to go take this rabbit suit off and come down and kick your ass I said this to a child. <laughs> what did he say? He got very scared yeah. and walked away. But I did. I went and took the rabbit suit off. I walked around in a sweat-covered T-shirt and looked for this kid. <laughs> I don't think I was really going to hit him. I don't. I would hope I wouldn't hit a child. But I was going to get in his face and 
possibly get in his parents' face. Yeah. Like, I was so hot and annoyed that, like, I had lost all sense of reason. <laughs> yeah, you were like, 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 rage, rage from the heat. You should have, ra- you should have whispered, tricks are not for kids. <laughs> but right. Yeah. But, like, that was the bad job. But, um, as far as bonding experiences, I, I worked at this, uh, burger shack where we kind of flipped burgers on the beach and the people were awful it was always so hot in there yeah and i was with a couple of my close friends anyway and uh we were just so overworked underpaid like the shack should have been condemned it was like one of these awful places but i just remember it sometimes being so busy that we wouldn't stop to pee we would just pee in bottles oh no this is a very male thing and I, there was you know so there was a counter at the front and on the back we'd stand there peeing and a customer would come up and they would order while i'm sitting there looking at them they can't see what i'm doing because it's it's hidden and like there i'm peeing in a bottle while i was taking their order <laughs> and then not washing your hands i'm sure uh, I, I did wash, but uh, not you know. You we, rinsed we, it with we, the urine. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, we we weren't sort of. We we weren't fascist about it, you know. Right, I mean, sure. You, <laughs> you're busy. You don't have time. But like, the, it's amazing when you're under that kind of pressure. It's like a ama- and with no supervision, it's amazing. What and I and I wasn't that young. I was in like my late twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, mid mid twenties or so. But that was a bonding experience for sure. What about the the other piece that that I. Well, who's your, well? What have you had for your worst boss? Like, have you had a boss that that compares to Hart? Um, yeah, I, th- I would say that my worst boss would probably be at one of the restaurants that I'm yeah. going to well, remain nameless, just because yeah. they're local. Sure, everything remains nameless around here. Yeah, around these That's parts, true. we don't name names. We don't <laughs> want to get sued. We don't, we don't know any lawyers. Um, yeah, he was just a he was just a putz. You know, he didn't know what he was doing, and he was. Clearly, he clearly was in over his head, and rather than kind of get help, he would just take it out on people. And he didn't want the worst thing for him would be that people would know that he didn't know all the answers. Right, so, he's insecure. Yeah, right, like Hart yeah. in a way. Also, a screenwriter though. Oh well, there you go. We watched his his movie, the one movie that he made. Yeah, how was it? It was terrible. It was me, wasn't it? This is yes. when I was your manager at that restaurant, <laughs> mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yep. I, I, when I worked at a restaurant, there was a manager that wasn't, he wasn't that bad, but he, clearly he had gone to manager training that, and he knew it was a power move to say someone's name frequently. Ugh. So he would always say, okay, Brendan, and I caught on pretty early and he was doing that, and let's say his name was Tim, and he'd be like, okay, Brendan, but okay, thanks, Tim. He'd be like, all right, Brendan, all right, good to see you, Brendan. Okay, good to see you, Tim. Good night. And every time he said my name, I said it back. So we were saying it every single sentence, trying to like one-up each other yeah. with the name thing. It was so ridiculous. It's really the most patronizing thing to do, to use somebody's name. Is that it Abby, way? Is I don't it know, Brendan. Abby? I think it might be. I think Brendan. I it know. might be patronizing. Look, Brendan. Abby. Abby. Brendan. <laughs> Do you think that Judy, um, Violet, and Dora Lee would be friends outside of work? Because that's always the question: is like, would we be friends outside of work? Yes, I think they would. Because the first time they kind of hang out and smoke pot together, I, I feel like that's an indicator. There's, you know, it's not like they were able to get loose with each other. They were not mm-hmm. only able to kind of plan and, and sort of stick up for each other, but, you know, they were able to decompress 
with each other and they had fun and they were laughing. And I think all three of them are just sort of good people at heart. So I think it was very, I think it would have, had there been a sequel, we would have seen them be friends outside of work. And I would like to see that. Perhaps nine to six. <laughs> Perhaps five to nine. Like this or song. New song. Kind of new song. Or nine, nine to five part two. Or like six to like 1030. Um, yeah, that's always the question with the with with sort of uh, friendships is work friendships is would we be friends outside of work? And I think sometimes you would, but oftentimes you're like, oh wow, I spend a lot of time with these people and I'm really close. And then when you stop working at that job, you're just like, oh right, yeah, there's we're nothing done. to talk about. <laughs> we, yeah, we only talk about the old days at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. We're yeah. done, and that's kind of a weird thing because yeah. at the time you feel very close to them. Yeah, kind of like this podcast a little bit. Right, we feel close while doing the podcast, right. but uh, when we're not doing it, we I fucking hate you. We don't. We uh, wow. Okay, yeah. that was harsh. All right, yeah. just being honest. Right, that's what we, that's what I need in my life more more blunt more cruelty. Honesty. Yes, I'm like I'm just being honest, blunt honesty. <laughs> I have no tact. <laughs> I just got to be um, me. It just got to be me, and you got to put up with it because mm-hmm. I'm selfish. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that their supportiveness is, is really the crux of the movie, you know, just besides, obviously, the, the main plot, that support between women in mm-hmm. this environment is, is uh, you know, helpful. And I wonder if our friendship, are like, are we as supportive with each mm-hmm. other as friends? In fact, I, I found this quiz. Oh, okay. Um, it's, That's um, a surprise. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's from um, Cat Fancy Magazine, of all places. Uh, you're you're a lifetime subscriber, right? I, I am the president of their fan club, <laughs> and that's totally cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you wanna do you want me to quiz you here? Nah, you good? All right. <laughs> no, yeah, let's do you know, it. Let's I, do got, it. I got to turn in. <laughs> sure, hit me up with the cat fancy quiz. Okay, is your friend supportive? Number one, you're driving with your friend and she gets a flat tire. This is multiple choice. Mm-hmm. You a Hop out and help her change the tire. Am I so I'm in the car with you? You're in the car with me. Okay. With your friend. I'm sorry. It's not necessarily me. I think it's better if it's you. That okay. helps me visualize. Okay. A, hop out and help her change the tire. Mm-hmm. B, hop out and tell her how to change the tire. That sounds better. Mm-hmm. C, put together a fun changing a tire playlist on Spotify. Or D, call an Uber because you've got places to be. I, as fun as it would be to stand there and watch you <laughs> and tell you what to do while, while uh, fixing a tire. I actually enjoy, weirdly enough, I enjoy changing a tire. Okay. And I think the key is I have a good jack. I, I, I um, yeah, you purchased. Do. I, hey. Hey. hey yeah. that, that's the sexual harassment. That's <laughs> I sexual told harassment. you I would do it. You liked it. You liked it. <laughs> <laughs> You get a good jack, and so I enjoy actually. I look I actually look for opportunities to change tires. So, I've been known to if somebody is stopped by the side of the road, I will like pull over and help them change their tire, just because I'm like, I got this jack. It's great. It you know, it's a hydraulic jack. You know, so I was actually it like enjoy a, an expensive fancy jack that you bought somewhere. It's or? not like super fancy, but it's way better than the one of the, the ones that come with the tire, which are to me are just impossible. Mm-hmm. So I I got there's a hydraulic a small hydraulic jack that fits in the trunk and. I just, in, I'm not a super handy guy, but it's like one thing that I can do that I am like, I'm semi-competent in this. Yeah, so I, okay. I look for opportunities to, to change tires. To, to so jack I, I people would, up. Hey, yeah, I look for opportunities to jack people. Yeah, to jack people off. Yeah, I yes. get it. 
All right, you ready for the next question? Yes. Okay. Your friend is about to sign up to join a secret organized group called the Knights of Colombo, which is a commune centered around our dear leader and savior, Peter Falk. Um, But you're pretty sure it's a dangerous cult. Do you, A, share your concerns, but say you'll support her whether she joins or not? B, notify her family and host an intervention, even though you know preventing her from going will likely ruin your friendship with her because she'll be so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, C, join with her so that you can keep tabs on her and make sure she's safe. Or D, just let her join the cult. She's going to have to learn sometime that cults are bad. I would go C because I, I will join the cult with you because I am fascinated by cults. Okay. I've always been interested in cults. I think my brain is fairly cult resistant, so I don't think I, there would be a problem. I think I could go in and be and play at being brainwashed mm-hmm. without actually being brainwashed and then um, have the experience of of being in a cult without actually being in a cult. So without it's the really danger. all about okay. me. Yeah, it's really all about me. And yeah, I would make sure that you don't get branded okay. on your But it's not really about helping me. It's more about it's a, it's a, it's about right. Well, no, I right. It would be, it's a it's a win win. Okay, <laughs> where, I see. Yeah. Where I get to keep an eye on you and also get to like do undercover cult shit, which would be really fun. Do you think? Do you fancy yourself a cult leader? Do you think you could ever be lead a cult? Do you think you've got that je ne sais quoi that charisma? Mm-hmm. I think I. C- uh, it's not the first time I've thought about it, but I don't, I don't think I'm narcissistic enough. Weirdly, (laughs) weirdly (laughs) enough is that I think, well, there's two kinds of cults, right Mm -hmm. there. You know, I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries lately and there's the cult, you know, like the sort of Nexium cult or the, um, you know, which is just a a scam. Like it's just a cash grab. Like it's just, it's power. And, you know, the, the guy who did that doesn't actually believe anything. He's just full of shit and he's a narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's like the he- the Heaven's Gate cult where the leaders actually believe it and they join in on like the castration and the yep. sort of um, sort of like uh, they, kill, they commit suicide with the, you know, and that's a lot sadder, obviously, because that's their mental illness. But like I would be the kind of cult leader that thinks it's funny, so I don't know. I think I could be a good short-term cult leader. Okay, sure. But but uh, someone else's zealotry would sort of overtake, and I would be like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. I'd probably get bored with it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you would be a, a good cult leader? Um, yeah, I, I, I could see myself being a short-term one as well, where it's like, you know, I can only go so far. I'm also, you know, enough of an introvert that eventually I'd be like, can you guys stop following me? Like, I kind of need my my alone time right but then you can just build what you do is you just find a person to be your spokesperson oh that's true you're off meditating okay Okay. but then if we watch like like in wild wild country that cult the uh what what were they called the ones i forget the name of it but um the um branch divinians bashram no the the yeah whatever his name is bagwam i think was his name then the woman who was a spokesperson kind of t- took over the cult. Oh, right, yeah. Kind of drugged him, and so but that wouldn't be that bad either. Just kind of be a drugged figurehead, yeah. cult leader. That'd be all right. I'm halfway so- there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do it. I'll start a cult, and right. it's uh, we'll start with this podcast, and you can be my right hand, uh, my right hand person, and you do all the work, and I'll be the figurehead. Okay, and, and then eventually I'll poison you, and then I'll get all the benefits. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. I'm into it. 
I'm into it. All right. Problem solved. All right. Third question. Um, This is not multiple choice. This is a free form. Uh, You and your friend are having a great time hanging out. And on a lark. Uh, Unlikely. (laughs) Um, And on a lark, you buy a dollar scratch ticket. You you pay for the dollar and you win $25,000. Do you share the money with your friend? Why or why not? Hmm. So we're hanging out. I happen to buy a scratch ticket and they just happen to be present. Yeah, but you're like having a day, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go buy a scratch ticket. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'll come with you. And like, you know, we buy a bunch of candy and then you get the scratch ticket kind of thing. Do you buy a scratch ticket also that doesn't win? Oh, um, I was originally thinking no, but yes. Okay. I can make it easier and say yes. Well, why would I share it? <laughs> like, like, well, I just because you happen to question. be there. Well, you happen to be there when I buy it. What if you happen to be? It's there just like when... part of our day. Yeah, but like... what if what if we were out and I got a job offer? Do I have to give you half my salary? <laughs> no, but you wouldn't be getting a job offer just because we're hanging out. It's like you not... know, we got manicures and pedicures together, and then we went shopping, and then. You know. So do I give when we go shopping? Do I give you half my stuff that I buy, or do I keep? Why won't you just give me half this damn scratch ticket? I could use the cash. All right. Well, if you ask. But what if what if I buy also buy a dollar scratch ticket and doesn't win? Yeah, it doesn't change it for me. I mean, if if you said what if we like agreed like we're gonna split? Well, then yes, if we agreed that we're gonna split it, I would do it. Or if you said to me, hey. I need money. Can I borrow some? Can I have some of that money? I'd be like, sure. Okay. But the idea that I would just kind of offer you half my stuff because you happen to be there. So I guess I mean, we're not do, really so, good friends, is what you're so saying. So do I give the cashier another half? He's no, there because too. you're not hanging out with the cashier. Oh, he's there. He sold me the ticket. And in, in some ways, he's more responsible. Or than she. You are. No, no, there are no women cashiers. You're not. In this, you're, in this. you're a bad friend and you're sexist. Women cashiers? What? <laughs> huh? What year is it? 2043? <laughs> no, seriously, what year is it? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. So how did I do... So that's that's it on the quiz? That's it on the quiz. I can ask how more did questions I, how did, if you want. So how did I just make something make up. <laughs> how, how did I do? So it feels like maybe I'm not that supportive of a friend. I think that you, two out of three, were supportive Although technically one of those two out of the three was a little bit, you know, selfish means. But, you know, it was a win-win, so. I think they were all selfish means when it comes down to it. I changed the tire because I like changing the tire. All right. I I joined a cult because I think it would be fun, and I kept all the money. Wow. I'm not a very good, I'm a pretty ungenerous person, pretty unsupportive person. Yeah, I think I'm a better friend than you are. But the question is, how does our friendship hold up to the friendship of um, 9 to 5? That's the question. That is the question. Do you think we'll find out soon? I think it's time for the verdict coming up next. Bud plugs. It's Bud Plugs, where Abby and I plug our shit. Hey, it's the holiday season. You've probably got a little extra time to watch some stuff on YouTube. So why not watch my YouTube channel? That is at Brendan Boogie. Yeah, there's all kinds of cartoons on there and some live action stuff and funny stuff. And I post all the time. So maybe you can like and subscribe so that you're the first one to know whenever some 
little pearl of comedic genius come spewing out of me, and I'm really sorry how this is going. I'm just going to, but I'm going to end it right here. Uh, it's YouTube, uh, Brendan Boogie, and this has been Bud Plugs. I've got a friend in my buddy, and my buddy's got a friend in me. Okay, we are back. with We're too old for this podcast. And this is my friend, Brendan Boogie, and I am my own friend, Abby Barrett. You're your own best friend. <laughs> I have to remind myself who we are. Every day. Mm-hmm. We have to look in the mirror and remind ourselves. It's confusing. It is confusing. Because we look so much alike, I, I sometimes get mixed up who's who. Yeah, it's true. It's confusing. My it's mustache is a little bit better than yours. Mm-hmm. It's a little darker. One thing... One thing I forgot to ask during the last segment, and maybe this will affect the verdict, is which one of us is the Judy mm. or the Violet or the Dora Lee? That is a good question. Should we decide for each other? Shall I tell you who I think you are? Sure. Go ahead. I think that you are probably... Uh, I have a feeling we're both going to be this person. Um, but I, I would say you're the Lily Tomlin. I'm the Violet? Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, because compared to the other two, I mean, Judy is lovely, but she's a little bit like nervous and frazzled. Frazzled. Um, and then Dolly Parton's character. I mean, she's she's no nonsense, but she's um I don't know. I just visually that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just I can't even what you you look exactly like Dolly Parton. <laughs> See, I think I I agree with you that I am the violet because mm-hmm. I think I'm the bossy take charge one. But I think that you are the Dora Lee, not just because of your huge tatas yes. and blonde mm-hmm. wig. Enormous. But also because, you know, if you that clip we played, you're pretty calm in a crisis. Like Dora Lee is pretty easygoing in a crisis, and I think that she doesn't take shit. And I think you don't take shit from, from men in particular. And also, you've got that lovely singing voice. That's not unlike true. Dolly Parton. That's true. So I, th- so I think you are Dora Lee okay. and I am Violet. So that may help us with the verdict. But yes. I don't know. Does that help you with the verdict? Because there is no... This is a little more difficult because it's a three-way friendship instead of a two-way friendship. Yeah. Um, but I think that their bonds between each other are equal and strong. So I think we can do a verdict. Um, All right, let's come up with a verdict. Whew, I would say that we are, um, I think that we are equal. equal. We are not We are not better nor worse. We are equal, which is a good thing because they're pretty good friends. Okay. What, what, ma- what, makes, what makes our friendship equal to theirs? Um, I think that we are supportive of each other. You know, but I think at the end of the day, if you by accident killed somebody... Um, I would be supportive of that. You would help me. Uh, you would help me kind of move a body. I don't know that I'd help you move a body, but I'd help you like find a lawyer and stuff. Okay, because they they help each other move a body. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. <laughs> I didn't really watch the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they have a slightly better friendship than Interesting. ours. I agree. I agree that it's close. Mm-hmm. I agree that the, a lot of the same characteristics of our friendship, the supportiveness, the trust. The, the ability to kind of cover for each other if something was wrong is there. I just think that whenever you have women friendships, it tends to be just naturally deeper and better. And me not being a woman, I just don't think I'm capable as being, of being as good a friend. Mm. So I feel like I am the one that's holding our friendship back slightly uh, because as we saw with the quiz, I, I sort of think of myself and... 
I wouldn't do anything that would hurt you, but I'm like, oh, this is what I get out of it, and it would benefit Abby. Mm-hmm. Win win. <laughs> Whereas I think in the in the in the friendship with Dorley, Violet, and Judy, they're not selfish at all because I think they are no, just and and they're coming from a common together. experience right. of of being in the worlds where they are sort of second class citizens. Right, which I don't have that because I'm a white male, top of the food chain, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. It's been great. It's been great so far. Thank you. What a ride. <laughs> what a ride. So I do, I agree that it's close, but I'm going to go ahead and say they have a better friendship than we do. Okay. Slightly. Okay. By a little bit, by a hair. Okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. I support that verdict. Verdict is delivered. <laughs> Is that the new catchphrase? I've been trying to force that one. I want I mean, a sound I, I, effect to happen. Not like okay. not like the law and order, kong kong, but something similar, like something maybe not even appropriate, like booga. Uh, well, okay. So like Michael Winslow over there, why don't you provide us with some uh, some sound effects, some mouth sound effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. so you're ready? Ooga. All right, so you're ready? Uh, I'm going I'm to deliver our catchphrase again, okay. and then I want your best... Random. Sound effect. Okay. The verdict is delivered. <laughs> That's my turkey impression. I think we've got a winner. I think so. So that just leaves one question. What if we were Violet, Judy, and Dora Lee? Well, Brendan, we usually do a reenactment, Brendan. But yeah, we do. I thought we were preparing for a reenactment. Yeah, but, but Brendan, maybe this time we, uh, maybe I wrote a little song. Oh, you wrote a song. I, I wrote a song. Oh, wow. I would like to hear that okay. song. Let's hear it. Let's hear it right now. All right. Here we go. Wow. This is amazing. How did you fit a whole band in here? Stumble into bed trying to watch my favorite broadcast. Brendan calls, says he wants to do a podcast. It sounds so freaking dumb. I can't believe. It sounds what? He's convinced it's gonna sweep the nation Now I'm forced to have a conversation When I just want to spend my time in peace I didn't know you felt that way Buddy podcast time Rather eat a shit burrito Can I change my mind? Rather bang Danny DeVito Okay, that's kind it's of extreme goddamn crime What I say that I would do It doesn't matter now Guess I'll have to suffer through it Abby, Podcast I- time Rather set myself on fire okay. or step in the eye or be strangled with a wire. It's a goddamn crime. Why'd I say that I would do it? Doesn't matter now. Yes, I'll have to suffer through it. So I'm getting the impression from this song that maybe you're not enjoying doing the podcast. Fucking hate Brendan, just listen to him yammer, stab him in the neck and beat him with a hammer and punch and kick and shoot him in the face. Okay, that is way too violent. Blood is everywhere and Boogie won't stop screaming. Blood is on the floor and splattered on the ceiling and I just won't. Okay, you know what? I'm out of here. That's enough. I'm leaving. What? Brendan? No. Where'd you go? Forget about it. I'm leaving. Brendan? Kind of rude of you to just leave during my performance. You're rude. Was it the rhyme scheme? Brendan? Brendan? Hey, buddies. If you like what you hear, please follow us at We're Too Old Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Friendster. I think our GeoCities is probably still up and running. If you have an idea for a movie you'd like us to talk about, or if you're a sponsor that wants to offer us some of that sweet, sweet podcast money, 
email us at weirdtooldpod at gmail.com or just look out the window because Abby and I are out there. We're watching you right now. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks, buddies.